Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. What's going on, guys? This is the Nickish Show. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here. Happy October 4th. I don't know, it's not much really of a holiday, but I said it anyway. It's Sunday edition of the Nickish Show. We out here. This is the unedited, uncut edition of the Nickish Show where we just talk about whatever comes to mind. A lot of shit's been going on in the NBA and just general life right now. So Nafi and I are here to, to break it down. Um, not, not really break it down, but just talk, chop it up. Uh, sports wise, and uh, yeah, man, Some how you feel? Break it down, like we're we just gonna break yeah, down some just... life. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm doing good. I, right? um, you know, doing all right, doing good, whatever. Um, how you doing, bro? I'm doing all right. Up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, me. This week, it felt like it was a little different. Um, because of the type of news that we've been getting, has always been shitty whenever there was breaking news. And not to say that the news that we got was great or anything like that, but. I'll say it. We it was the opposite of bad. It was whatever whatever you might take that as. Um, politically, you know, we're a sports co- podcast, but if you've been following us, we talk a lot about politics. And it's generally what's been going on. It's the year 2020. There's so much shit's been going on. And on Friday Friday morning around well, the 2 a.m., we got news that President Donald J. Trump was tested positive for coronavirus. And... You know when you when you hear something like that, you have mixed emotions, and it, you know if you, if you have a conscience, <laughs> between, you have a conscience like between I, laughing and happy. <laughs> what's the mixed emotions here? I mean, no, go ahead, no. I mean, if you have a conscience or just to worry for karma, as I do, I, I'm not sure how to how to feel. But obviously, you don't want a man to die. But obviously, you don't want this man to be president. So take take that as you will. But um, I know I know when we were talking about it prior just between us two about the news of trump getting coronavirus there were uh, we were discussing possibility that it could be a hoax that could not be a hoax but when, when it's two days later and what, what what you want to say about it you think it's it's fake or real i think it's legit it's taking you know, the rona is like fucking lebron at game six right now in the, in the fucking white house like i saw somebody <laughs> tweet that the white house has more cases than thailand vietnam and fucking uh, new zealand combined right now Shit. so like you know what they say about karma? It, it may not, it it may be late, but it's always on time. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm a, like, it's not. You don't have to wish death on anybody. I don't wish death on anybody, but it's like we don't need to. Pre- we don't need to pretend. You know what I mean? It's like I think this just boils down to like the whole idea of like respectability politics. You know what I mean? It's just like like when Michelle. I feel like one of the mo- biggest services is when like Michelle Obama said, "When they go low, we go high." Now, when they go low, you sweep the fucking leg. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. it, like this person is responsible for at least 200K deaths. He has a history of racism, misogyny, misogyny, rather, <laughs> xenophobia. He's being an all-around piece of shit. So, like, not rooting for his death, but, you know, I'm going to just leave it at that, you know? Like, you reap what you sow is basically what I'm going to say. And I know Fauci is just, like, fucking... Remember when Thanos pulled up on the Avengers? He's like, you could not live with your own failure. Mm-hmm. Or where did that mm-hmm. bring you? Right back to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I know he probably is just like texting Trump that. Like, yo, you good? <laughs> yo. <laughs> hey, yo, phone broke? Yo. 
<laughs> Is your new number? What's going on? <laughs> um. Yeah. Ironically enough, who's it started with his advisor, Hope Hicks, right? So you know what I mean. You like, say you say hope. You say hope say picks. Like hope finds uh, a way. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> hope finds a way. That's almost said. Mm. Double entendre. But we can move on from that. You know, if, uh, if our listeners are a little uncomfortable. But yo, I would just point out, bro. You know the Central Park Five. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. five kids that are falsely accused of rape. Yeah. At the time, Trump took out a whole f- full page ad to wish death on them, say they de- deserve the death penalty. Then when they got exonerated, he would never walk back those comments. He said, "Oh, there are people on both sides of the issue," even though it's like clearly been debunked that they're that they're they raped that woman they they're completely innocent so this man doesn't care about like minorities black folk or anybody like that so it is what it is you know i told my boy offline i was like damn rona rona came through like lj last minute four point play (laughs) (laughs) i mean we we saw breaking news just now that his doctor saying he'll probably be discharged on monday which is tomorrow which is going to be a fast recovery and like you start to worry about what the narrative is going to be after that. He's going to probably come out and say, like, look, I came out of it. I'm 60-something years old. Or he'll be like, yeah, I'm the strongest man alive, and that's why I'm out of it. But he's going to he, – obviously, he's going to turn the narrative to his benefit and is really going to try to show that it's all good. He didn't wear a mask. He survived, and it's just like a regular fever or some shit like that. My thing is, though, you can't trust anything that comes out of his of White course. House. If, like, the, that reporter didn't leak that his advisor got it, they would have been covering the shit up, bro. They basically tried to cover it up until they let out the news at 1 a.m. at night from their Twitter account, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, before a reporter could leak it themselves. And it's like from everything that's coming out, so much conflicting shit that the whole timeline seems to like not even line up with the actual news as it came out, you know what I mean? So not to get too into the weeds, the po- political shit, but I, I would highly, highly, highly doubt that what we're hearing from the White House directly and their doctor is actual factual, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just leave it at I that. mean, this man's the most powerful man in the world. He could have, he could make the narrative whatever he wants it to be at the end of the day, and they're gonna make sure he's protected. As, at, at all, in all cases, diplomatically as well, they're not. They're gonna want to make sure that he looks good, even if that's not the case. But I mean, moving forward, um, shoot, what's going on in the NBA right now? We got the Lakers are up two one against the Miami. Sorry, two zero uh, against the Miami Heat. Dominant right now even even despite Miami strong playing game two um AD and LeBron right now you know what you know what the word on the street is right they they the new Shaq and Kobe when you hear that for the first time before they even win a championship because I think Perk uh, Perk was probably the first guy that I saw say it before even game one and he's like yeah Mm -hmm. AD AD LeBron that's probably the new Shaq and Kobe when you hear something like that do you take it in a, in a positive light, or do you take it in, you know, you guys are too early with that? I think it's just, like, obviously they're not saying that, like, they're Shaq and Kobe yet. They're just, like, drawing the parallel. So I want to say it like that. I, I'm always one to just, like, hate giving Perkins any kind of credit. I don't think I've ever given him any credit for his takes because he's, a, let's be honest, he's on the clutch payroll, and, like, everything he puts out there is just bullshit. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't have a problem with that because just like yo, look, look at what's going on. Like, I, like all caveats given that it's the bubble, no fans, um, not exactly the highest level of, of ball being played. You know what I mean? Um, no travel, obviously, so that takes away like an effect. But yo, what what AD is doing, especially he's putting up Shaq numbers. You know, um, saw the article the other day, the Ringer, 
like the numbers that AD's put up so far in these playoffs, the only other two people that matched are like LeBron and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like that's it. Like his exact <laughs> averages to this point. And like, and then LeBron is gonna do LeBron things. Like, there's some people saying they might need to do a cold Finals MVP. I don't know if I go that far, but I don't think either of them could be mad. And it's just like, like AD and LeBron said, it's they both said Shaq and Kobe were like the most dominant duo they they ever seen. Both gave praise and homage, and like we're humble about it, and which is you know kind of surprising coming from LeBron. But you know, AD said like, yo, in this situation, I'm Shaq. LeBron's Kobe because he's the playmaker, and the proof is in the pudding, right? They're up too well right now. Might be a sweep. I just feel bad for Miami, bro. Like, like w- as soon as those injuries happen in game one, I just feel like, I don't know about you, but I lost kind of interest in the finals. Not totally. I'll, I'll still watch it, but what about you? No, 100%. I, when you see Drag- Dragic went down, not that he was a a key, key player, but he was their starting point guard. He was he was an important player at the end of the day. I think, I think for most people, it was a foregone conclusion that the Lakers were going to take this. And... For me personally, it might be more of a Magic Kareem comparison. Obviously, for the playmaking, because that's more that's more of Magic's thing versus Kobe's thing. But you know, at the end of the day, LeBron AD, if they even win this one championship, they're gonna go down as the top, you know, top three duo in Lakers history easily. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're probably gonna be one known as one of the best duos of all time, just from the numbers. LeBron's averaging nearly a triple double from these last two games, and AD, dude, sixty sixty right now. Uh, from the three mm-hmm. and from the field goal percentage, and he's getting his blocks up, he's getting his points up, and he's playing like the Anthony Davis we all expected when he was drafted back in two, 2012, you know, and yeah. it's, yeah, yeah, LeBron's really helping him fulfill that potential that he had, and shit, dude, this is, this is gonna be a long time coming, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to see these guys go at it, despite LeBron's age, just, this man, knock on wood, is, is on another level, that's why he's the legend. He's the king, and he's proving it in the in the in the playoffs when it matters the most. And obviously, you got the caveats of the bubble. And would we have Andrews, seen Miami, Miami? Would we have seen Miami in the finals if it were in the bubble? I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know. But I think I. I don't. I don't think they're gonna have much of an issue because they play. They won in the East. I don't think they're expected to. I don't think. They probably weren't expecting it to either, but you know, once you, you don't always make it to the NBA Finals, so you, you kind of hope to so at least get a couple of games in. But I think it's pretty obvious who's going to come out of this winning the championship. Yeah, unless they do like a miracle comeback, the greatest miracle comeback ever. Which I don't know, Jimmy's Jimmy's a fucking beast, so I would I'll give him like a one percent shot, like at this point. But I did want to kind of touch on like AD reaches potential. I mean. The only difference now is like he's playing with LeBron. He's been this guy. And like, I feel like the one thing that gets lost is like, yeah, he, the only thing he really is kind of showing improvement on, and LeBron even said it himself, he's only just scratching the surface in that regard, is just being a passer. So like this playoffs, he's having more assists than he ever did in all his other playoff runs, you know? Yeah, it's a difference four. like yeah. in, the, in the tough-ass West. The fact that he got him there twice, despite the fact that l- – let's, let's run off the list of supporting cast AD had in, in, in the Pelicans, mm-hmm. bro. Eric Gordon, who broke down. Tyreek Evans, who broke down. Drew Holiday's nice. I'll give like all of credit to Drew. Eastwan Moore, Solomon Hill got a big ass contract. Omer Ashik, remember him? Chicago Bulls big man got a big ass contract oh, yeah. from the Pelicans mm-hmm. to like play beside AD. You know what I mean? So it's like I, it's never been a question about his potential. He's before he even got to LA. That's why it was such a big deal that he got to LA. You know, he was the best big man probably. You know, so now it's just like he's getting the due attention that you one would get playing beside LeBron, and. Like, yo, shit, AD even said, like, he's 
he's trying to stay with LeBron and follow him to like nine fucking championships in a row. He said that in an interview with Yahoo Sports. So <laughs> ain't no ain't no kind of like disconnect between them. You know, they're on the same page and it's props to them, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's for as a fan on the outside, I respect it. I fuck with that. I don't I don't feel that same kind of LeBron hate as I felt in his Miami days because I think this this one he earned, after, especially after last season when you see him not making the NBA playoffs and you see what the playoffs mm-hmm. look like without him, it just doesn't feel right. Um, so I, at, at this point in time, we're, we're witnessing history, which I'm cool with because this, this is a once in a generation player and, you know, you, you got, you got to take it in while you still can. LeBron James isn't going to be here forever. So, I mean, AD's a once a generation player too. A lot of people forget coming out of Kentucky, he was getting Hakeem Olajuwon comparisons. Mm. I personally saw he was going to be like a Kevin Garnett 2.2 and he might just surpass that, you know? Um, credit to the ringer, I saw Jonathan Charks put out an article and he said AD might be the answer to the small ball conundrum because exactly what we saw in the Rocket Series. They went small, quote-unquote, but AD, 6'10", 255, just destroyer of worlds. You know what I mean? Like, yep, he basically, those. I saw some clips where it was just like, they put Jay Crowder on him, Miami, and AD just blew by him. So it's not just he's bigger and more athletic, he's faster too than like smaller dudes that they put on him. You know what I mean? He's rebounding the shit out of the ball. He's He made that game-winning three. And, like, that's one thing he can improve on, too. Just, like, becoming a more consistent shooter. And he's already has some mm-hmm. of that, you know? Playmaking, obviously, is going to come. And it's just crazy to see because we might actually see him become even bigger. Because LeBron himself said yeah, he's just scratching the surface. Like, it wasn't just about passing, I think. I'm going to correct myself previously. He was just, like, period AD. is just, like, scratching the surface. He's only 27, you know? And we've seen Hall of Fame big man. I mean, you brought up Kareem. Kareem played till he was like forty-one. I'm not predicting the same thing for like AD, but yo, it's not. It's not like it wouldn't be out of pocket either. Well, it wouldn't be out of pocket either to say that he could have that kind of trajectory. Shit, exactly. Being his teammate is like in year seventeen doing this, right? And then I think to quote the same Yahoo story, AD said it's just like LeBron is sleeps more than anybody he's ever seen. You know what I mean? LeBron takes so much care of his body, and he's picking that up from LeBron. That's fucking scary, bro. <laughs> like, if AD just like, oh, shit, okay, maybe I should stop eating, like, Fritos every other mm. second. Like, okay, <laughs> get sleep, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Okay. Hmm. Sleeping at a reasonable hour, that's crazy, bro, <laughs> but I'll try it. Now we see what's happening, you know? So, if LeBron keeps rubbing off on him, I mean, that that that, that bromance they got is, is cute. <laughs> yeah. and speaking of bromance, we got to go to the other... Other other side of the coast, East Coast. We got we got another bromance. Uh, one might say a problematic one uh, between Kyrie and KD. You seen Kyrie's quotes, bro? Yeah, I listened to the podcast. It was it was an interesting podcast. If you guys haven't checked out the boardroom, which is KD's whole child right there that he he just created um, with with his uh, true wife. With, with his, yes. <laughs> I'm just I was about to be like, wait, what's his wife's name again? But yeah, no, Rich, Rich Kleiman. Um, who was supposed to be the Knicks president at some point when KD joined the Knicks and all that shit? But it was his first, his debut episode as a as a podcaster with Kyrie Irving. They got a lot of Drake songs in there. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I felt about that as their uh, move around. But that that's neither here nor there. That doesn't really matter. But Kyrie Irving, when he, I really Not a fan of the boy from Canada. No, nah, I fuck with Drake a lot, but I don't know. Um, I mean. I can't believe I I really sat down and I listened to Kyrie Irving talk for an hour and a half at least maybe two hours I don't even, maybe three hours God it just Kyrie Irving he you know he was ex, you know first thing first things first he was a hundred percent right with 
the NBA restart and what he was saying. And fuck Woj for what he said, call, calling him uh, a disruptor and, and all that. Kyrie Irving was 100% right with what he was facts. saying. That's facts. That's out of the way. Props to Kyrie for that. But, man, the way the way he talks, I he maybe it could be that he talks too smart for me, but it's too much at a point, you know? Like, And it, and it works out with the whole Brooklyn style the the new the new brooklyn by the way if you guys haven't been in new york this wasn't the way brooklyn was before but it it, I, it is now it's the crazy williamsburg greenpoint-esque downtown the brooklyn-esque f- style of the hipsters the and fake deep ass hipster the pseudo intellectual zero self-awareness ass vibe mm. of, of williamsburg that carried over to their major stars now but I'll let you continue. I got some thoughts on Kyrie. Yeah, I, man, if you if you take a shot for every time man says the word art, you you'd be gone till next week. Er, not everything can be art, but it apparently is to Kyrie Irving, the artist, and it's like he like I I don't even know how to put it into words. But Kyrie Irving will be able to put somehow put anything into words and turn it into a philosophical term, and. You take it. I don't. I don't even know how to. I don't even know what to Bro, say about I, him. No, let me stop right there. He's not too intelligent for anybody. He's he's a typical like. He just throws up like word vomit with so much like verbose shit like, intertwined in there here and there that to try to distract from the fact that he ain't really saying anything. And that's right. like, I told you offline. It's just like yo, Kyrie makes it so fucking hard to like him. <laughs> he love his game. He'll say stupid shit. The flatter shit. He'll come all the way back and like make the great point about what what's going on in the movement, the social justice, and all that. Brilliant points. Like I echo your thoughts. He was one hundred percent right. And then he does this shit. You know what I mean? Like he's like I don't know. Brooklyn's their stars. Their team is just like no substance, just vibes. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> fuck a coach. Yeah. Like <laughs> we got a we got a whole round table of coaching. Like what are you talking about, KD or or not KD Kyrie? You know what I mean? And. Bro, when he what he said, he was just like the one. The main thing that caught my eye, that caught a lot of people's eye or ears, basically, was when he was just like, "This is the first time in his career where I I'm playing with somebody I trust to take that yeah. last shot." What do you ta- what, what's your take on that? Yeah, that's like blatant disrespect to the king, especially the king at his prime, <clears throat> the king who came back and made your turned your fucking lottery ass team to a title contending team. You know, Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving was a great. Secondary second banana to LeBron, no doubt about it. He hit one of the biggest shots of all in NBA Finals history. But that's just blatant disrespect. And obviously, when when you say something like that, everyone's gonna think back to who was on that team. And you're talking about one of the goats on that team. So obviously, when you go when you talk shit about LeBron, LeBron will take it personally. He's as, he's just as petty, and he will he will retaliate, and he will, he will talk back. So how did LeBron respond? He was, um, I think somebody asked a reporter at a press conference and asked him, what's so special about you and AD's relationship? I'm paraphrasing, right? Mm-hmm. AD's just like, oh, we're not, not AD. LeBron was just like, oh, we're not jealous of each other. It literally was like an hour after the Kyrie shit came out. And like, we know where that's coming from. Like LeBron, when he, when he wants to be spicy, he'll get spicy. You know what I mean? Like, um, us being brown in Magali, we don't spice when we see it. You know what I mean? So it's just like... <laughs> Was he was he was he lying? Because it's obvious Kyrie was jealous. I mean, did you, did you see all the reports that came out of Cleveland at the time? I don't know if you were aware, but it was just like there was actually like beef brewing between Kyrie's camp and LeBron's camp. Like, yeah, somebody from LeBron's entourage wanted to go shake Kyrie's dad's hand, like Kyrie's dad refused. He's like, we don't fraternize with the enemy or something like that. 
What are you talking about? You guys are the two stars on a championship contender. What kind of petty-ass mean girl shit is this, Kyrie? <laughs> like, this dude apparently, like, Brian Windhorst, when he he was doing all that reporting when, when the Cleveland era, the LeBron and Kyrie Cleveland era, he was just like, Kyrie was just like, thought LeBron came to help him. Like, he's a franchise player. And uh, he was just like, built like a whole feeling of jealousy, basically, because LeBron overshadowed him, you know, because Kyrie was the number one pick, the guy that was supposed to take him out of the post LeBron Hayes, and then that didn't work out, like you said, lotteries. And it's just like, yo, Kyrie, like, I love your game, but it's like some self-awareness needs to come into play here. Like, bro, you couldn't take Cleveland anywhere but the lotto until LeBron got there. You got to Boston. They did better without you, went to the conference finals without you, and then, like, they're all, like, treating you like you were the plague last year. Like, you were literally, like, they just came out of recovery from, like, chemotherapy. This is a comparison. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they, that's what it felt like, you know what I mean, to them when he was there because he was just such a fucking locker room cancer and bro it's it's disrespectful to lebron i'm not even the biggest lebron fan but it's like come on now bro like lebron if we still doing these like high school cafeteria ass debates about lebron's clutch like credentials and him being like the last shot taker like what are we even doing here you know what i mean mm-hmm. like these nba players is like yo i hate when the media votes they don't know real real ball they don't know who but then they say stupid shit like this you know what i mean so i don't know like Yo, Kyrie, just come on now, man. Like, and LeBron had the perfect response, and it's just funny, bro. Like, wow. Yeah, it's that whole fake woke mindset that Kyrie started really when he left Cleveland, I'd say, I think, Um, Mm -hmm. when he joined Boston. And obviously those guys just weren't fucking with all this bullshit stuff he was talking. And KD is really just his enabler at this point because he's not spewing the same bullshit you know, word for word, but he's enabling Kyrie to start saying stupid shit like this. And shit, dude, if I were if I were a teammate with them, I I wouldn't fuck with it. Honestly, it's it's too much. But I mean, I'm I'm excited to see them on the court though. KD Kyrie on the same they, team and Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, I I fuck Brooklyn. I but like them too as a duo. I I hate to be the one to say I think it's gonna be a dope look though in Brooklyn to see them playing together. It's it's exciting to see, especially since we haven't seen KD play since the 2019 finals it's been a long time um they got uh, not to cut you out but i feel like they got bailed out by the covid because like they would have been playing the season and would have been like half filled stands because it's fucking brooklyn mm. their attendance rates mm-hmm. are garbage <laughs> and then the Knicks games would have been home games so like you know yeah. hey but hey that's what kd wanted he wanted to be laid back his little damage control ass uh, uh statements about why he chose brooklyn we know the truth come on now it's because your, your, your leg broke and then you needed to go kowtow to your your fake deep homie and we know what that is but um i did want to touch on what was it um oh you being the kenny atkinson advocate of the two of us here was what's your take on uh, his uh his his coaching comments and like uh, like what he said about atkinson and then um their thoughts on like bringing nash in and their whole thoughts on like how to how the coaching is going to work this season. Yeah, because I thought it was. Do you have one funny and very interesting? Do you have the exact quote that he said with the vibes? It was our man, our next media man, Alan Hahn, works for MSG. By the way, shout out he to Alan had Hahn, a whole boy. One minute quit uh, quote or one minute clip rather. Sorry, words are hard on a Sunday. <laughs> uh, let me pull this shit up. All right, while you but basically, yeah, while while you're doing that, for those of you guys listening, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nick's Show. Subscribe on YouTube and Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes. We got this shit going on multiple times a week, uh, and yeah, you got that quote ready? 
Yeah, let me send it to you. Because it's a clip, uh, but... Oh, wait, no, this person actually put closed captioning on this clip. That's very nice. Very considerate to us podcasters. <laughs> this is what we need to do as a, as a, as a society, support each other like this. Um, okay, so... Um, so Alan Hans tweet says, in regards to Kenny Atkins getting fired, Alan Hans says, first he says it's false, then explains why he got Kenny Atkins fired, <laughs> which needs to be heard because it's impossible to understand. These are Alan Hans' words. <laughs> um, and then Hans' takeaway was, a good coach who worked his ass off to build something was dumb so you don't have to run sprints. Because that's literally what Kyrie said. He's like, on their first day, like... Atkinson had the had, had the gall to coach the team and have them run drills. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, no coaching, just vibes. That's that's Brooklyn's motto. You know what I mean? Um, you watching the clip? I want to hear. I want to hear you like your re- real time reaction. Mm, not hearing the clip. I'm trying to find the. I mean, I, I've I've seen the clip before, but I'm trying to find the exact quote that Kyrie said. Man, it's it's the it's the vibe show. What the fuck was he saying? You know what? I'll read the closed caption. How about that? Just pretend I'm Kyrie right now. All right. Let me, let me restart. First, I want to give a shout-out to Kenny Atkinson because, you know, some people came on and was like, yo, KD and uh, Kyrie got him fired, and that was completely fa- false. Listen, Kenny was great for the group that he served, and I was very very appreciative of what he was go- giving us throughout the season. We were playing. We always heard how great Nash was. We saw how he was as a player, but when you also understand him as a person, he can coexist with us because he don't need somebody to come in and put their coaching style onto a, on everything and change up the wheel, yeah. a.k.a. like, what? Oh, man. I'm, I'm going to just leave it at that. There's more, and, it, like, he talks about the sprint thing. Oh, he was like, I'm a human being first, and I com- <laughs> and then I serve my community, and then I come play basketball. Bro, you're a basketball. This is your job, bro. Like, could you, like, you can't get away with doing that in an actual yeah. workplace. Like, imagine your manager gives you instructions. He's like, yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm a human being, sir. Do you know what I do for my family and my community? Like, why do you want these, like, these Excel reports right now? Why? Huh? I'm out the door right there. I'm going to have to pack my shit up. I'm out of there. You know what I mean? So. But, hey, that's the perk of being an athlete. But, yo, it's just funny. They deny it, and then they just talk about all the reasons why they did it, why they got Atkinson out of there. So it's like Kyrie, that's who he is. He talks about two sides of his mouth. You know what I mean? Yeah, at this point you realize that a lot of the shit that he's just spewing is all bullshit. And, like, if you – I don't know what the right approach would have been to really explain how you drove a coach out of his job. Um, you could just say he wasn't a good fit or whatever. I mean – yeah, just be diplomatic about it. It's like, yo, all props to Kenny, but we needed a, a more savvy coach. Right, and, and Kyrie like, should oh, know. He he's, he's the VP of the NBA Players Association. He should know how to be diplomatic when he speaks, but clearly he isn't. And, like, it, what was he saying? He was saying Atkinson was reinventing the wheel by coaching. Like, he was doing his part. And the thing is that Kyrie and Katie joined a culture. They joined a team that was already establishing something that Atkinson established. And Kyrie and Katie were joining in on that. And you want to come in, you want to change that up, and you want to complain and get a man, you know, to lose. He, he, a man lost his job for something that he built. And mm-hmm. it's like just, you know, th- that kind of drama, I'm glad, isn't on the Knicks. I wish the, the caliber of the player was on the Knicks. But that, that kind of mm-hmm. drama is is just New York media gold right there. If you were on the Knicks right now, we would be hearing about this nonstop and – 
that's that's what I'm thankful for not having to deal with. I I, I wouldn't want to have to try to continue mm-hmm. to read between the lines of Kyrie Irving's words because if you try to do that, you're gonna get lost. You're gonna get stuck in there somehow and just try to figure out what he's saying when in reality, man, saying nothing. But you know, I'm thinking about my own self and I'm trying to be successful. But you know, my basketball is my art. Everything is fucking art. And Katie's just in the background, just clapping him on and cheering him on to keep keep going at it. I don't know. I don't. I, I didn't like it. Bro, it's like, there are probably Brooklyn fans out there that will probably hear this and you say, oh, we're just salty Knicks fans. Like, no discredit to who they are as players. I'd give them my left nut to have them in, on the Knicks right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, not figuratively. Like, please, please, God. But, uh, not literally, I meant. But, um, that's just, you know, just like, I, we would want them on our team, but it's like, we got to call the spade a spade. Like, he says stupid shit, so we react to the stupid shit. And then to go back to his, like, oh, I've never had a teammate that could take a shot like me before comments, he, he clarified. He was like, yo, if I, if I, if I want to talk about somebody, I'll say their name. I was like, you fake deep motherfucker. Words mean things. You know what I mean? If you literally say, oh, I've never had a teammate that could do this. But then on the, in like an hour later, you're like, oh, I was, that wasn't a shot at anybody. You played with like the second best player of all time at a minimum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now you go, you go try to tell us oh, I wasn't referring to him. It's, you know, like... I don't know, man. It, it's it, it's fake, deep bullshit. It's like no critical thinking, but enough like w- words and like you know fucking vocabulary to make up for the fact that he ain't really saying shit, bro. Like somebody made a comment comparing him to Paul George. You you ever seen Paul George's like post game pressers? He'll say a whole lot of just garbage <laughs> yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. that don't even add up. Yeah, you know what I mean. But he thinks he's saying something profound because he'll say it with all seriousness. And, and like say and like proverbially drop the mic. I was like, bro, none of these dudes are Kobe. Kobe actually had substance when he spoke right. about anything and everything. And that's that that might be the most frustrating part. It's like they think they're speaking facts that they know exactly what they're talking about. But when it comes down to it, it's all gibberish, it's all bullshit. Um, like the flat Earth thing. Yeah, and Kyrie like he was all, that he, he was so serious. No, I was trolling. I was just trying to play with the media. I was like. No, you just got called on your shit. Now you're just trying to be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, uh, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? I'm a, a provocateur. Like, I'm here to, like, to say provocative <laughs> shit to get a fucking reaction. Get the fuck out of here. Go fuck. I, I don't want to be the shut up and dribble type, but, you know, sometimes nah, nah, dribbling uh, is good. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you're going to speak, speak, like, like, speak facts. Like, actually have substance to what you're saying. Obviously, everyone's entitled to you know their own free speech and say whatever the fuck they want to say. And this was Katie's podcast, but you know when you say things, you're gonna be held to it, Kyrie. So you know that's that's that. That's that's really all there. Yeah, is, and so. I mean that just goes out to anybody, bro. Like nobody's saying we can't. Nobody's infringing on your rights to free speech. Let's not let's not wade into like the dumbass MAGA territories here. You know what I mean? Like if there are folks out there that are like, "Yo, Kyrie's entitled to whatever they say," we're not saying that he's not entitled. I'm just thinking this is a, like a rule of thumb for anybody and everybody. Just like, yo, be thoughtful and informed about what you're saying. Like exercise critical thinking when you formulate any opinions or thoughts. Like I'm not to get too deep and too like English professor professor on us, but come on now. Mm-hmm. Like I, 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 a lot of times I think that shit like that is common sense, but it ain't so common. And then we see it in like these people that got the biggest platforms, you know, that goes beyond sports. But we getting too deep. It's a Sunday episode though, so letting it fly unfiltered. But yep. you got any other th- remaining thoughts on KD and Kyrie? No, I, I I'm really just excited to see them on the court. Even though they're gonna be our own division rival or state rival, it's 
it'd be cool to see how they play together and just to you know not have players injured on the sidelines for a year that that should always blow so i'm excited to see them on the court and i i think this whole Kyrie bullshit is just going to last throughout the year like we're going to we're going to continue to see quotes from him that don't add up or you know maybe we might see we is, might see yeah. a quote about KD or from KD about Kyrie and you know maybe maybe some some little spice between them brews up or I don't know they're apparently brothers so who knows who knows I mean arguments happen especially when you got two dudes like that who like rightfully they have the egos that they do because of what they've accomplished but we'll see I'm just thinking like one more, my, my my last point on all that or one last point is just like I feel bad for Jared Allen bro he probably heard that podcast himself and he's like the this is the guy that pushed for DeAndre Jordan to start over me. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Like, I mean, yo, yo. Kyrie might be a, a basketball version of Kanye in a way. He was really good before. I kind of miss the old Kyrie, where he just wouldn't talk <laughs> bullshit or just talk out of his ass. And now yeah, he's yeah, out he here just name, just saying. No, nah, he, he died in a horrific accident in 2016. That's what happened to Kanye. What, so rest in peace. Was that? You know? Now, Kanye died in a horrific accident mm. in 2016. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. You know that's how I'm. That's my timeline in my head. You know, like <laughs> that's that's neither here nor there. But yeah, apt comparison. I'll just leave it at that because I don't want to get my hurt feelings hurt. Because I was for 2016-2015 came around, I would have thrown hands for Kanye. Like the man's like disc- discography, his music catalog, untouchable. No doubt. Greatest, no doubt. Greatest hip hop producer of all mm-hmm. time for 2016. Like, damn shame what happened. Tragic automobile accident right off a cliff. Phew! In the water. Crazy. But, um, yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> um, Well, I kind of turn to Knicks stuff now? or Yeah, I mean, right now, there isn't much going on with the Knicks apart from their practices. We see Tibbs almost, you know, at least every other day talking about a different player. We've seen him talk about Frank. We've seen him talk about Dennis, how this year's going to be critical for them. We saw him give props to Randall for coming in in good shape which is always nice to see and him coming in before phase one of the of the training started and we see different props coming from different players we see tyler hero the the you know one of the few up-and-comers that came out of the bubble uh give props to kenny Payne, the new knicks assistant coach for being a key point in tyler hero's development as a player and to have mm-hmm. that kind of coach on our team is always awesome and a lot of players continue to give props to kenny Payne. um and we see lots of props going out to Mike Woodson as a coach right now and what he's been doing and just really connecting with the players. And apart from that front office-wise, we see a number of players being listed as interviewees for the Knicks, most of whom have been point guards. We've seen Halliburton. We've seen you know a number of other players. Uh, LaMelo had a quote or so. But, I mean, yeah, what what from this week really stood out to you for, from the Knicks news? I mean, before we really – dig into a lot of all that i did want to ask you just like what do you like from the top like what do you think of that those randall comments stuff you know want to kind of start from there i guess i mean the one comment that i have it's really you know i know you 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 have the same sentiment so actually i'm going to throw it back at you and because i know you have you have a theory about it no because i i don't want to steal your theory um because uh-huh. it's it's it was yours to start off with and i agree 100 percent with that's you that's fair so, i appreciate that so that's right, right that's love yeah, yeah right right back yeah, at we, you we preach unity here <laughs> peace love and happiness <laughs> but no nah, my whole thing was just like you know it could just be regular coach speak but tips like xyz you say yada yada about a veteran player but it could also just be like from tips down or up to leon just speaking well of randall to you know increase the trade value you know obviously his his value as a player so far, like, 
last season probably really did him a disservice in terms of like trade value, just because like we us Knicks fans we joke about it all the time, but those those jokes about Randall obviously trickle out yeah. to the rest of the NBA public, and we know front offices are aware too. Like Randall played selfish, that dumbass spin move, just sloppy ball. You know what I mean? So like obviously they're doing what they. I, my theory is that they're doing what they can to up his trade value. It could be genuine, but it's like I'm going back to our, uh, what our man CP said from uh, Knicks Fan TV, right? Like one of our main priorities um, from the front office seems to be to just get rid of Randall. So if we keep, I'm, I trust what he what he reported. I trust the sources, and so if we keep that in mind, I think this falls in line with just like typical, like, hey, let's big up our asset to possibly you know move the needle on a on a trade offer. So that's my take. Yeah, I think? think I think if they're doing that, it could work twofold either they up his trade value or they increase the man's confidence i'm sure after a season like he had this past season his confidence was shot and i think for a lot of nba players these are the best players in the world for a reason i think a big factor on their success in their career is their is their level of confidence and Mm -hmm, i -hmm. think for randall he might have been overconfident at some point because of fizdale's words but if he's played right, but he, he maintains his level of confidence, he, he'll be a productive player on the court. Either he'll be he'll have his trade value increase, or he'll be a productive player on the court. So that's that's the words of that's the effect of the words of Tom Thibodeau and what what that can do. And obviously, as a fan of the Knicks, um, I'd be happy to see a productive Julius Randle play on the court. He's still a relatively young guy, 25, 26 years old, and if he somehow mm-hmm. figures out how to mesh with Mitch, why not? I think on paper. He should be able to because he's supposed to be kind of that stretch four because he has that passing ability. His shot percentage dropped, but if he can bring that up and if he, if he can tighten up his handle on paper, he should be a player that fits with Mitch. But last year, his numbers, his his, his efficiency was just down. And I didn't want to touch on the shot thing. It's just like, yeah, his percentages look better in, Pel- in, in New Orleans when he was on the Pelicans, but you go back and watch clips of those shots, he's playing off of AD. And they leave him wide open. It was like one of them. It was a lot of those joints where it's just like wide open. He's loading up his shot, taking his time, and he makes it. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, the percentage will look good, but he wasn't that open in New York, obviously, just because he went from having an AD to quote unquote being our version of AD on the team, the main focal point. And obviously, the lack of a consistent point guard play, despite the bromance he has with Alfred Payton, that obviously was a disservice to Randall. So you know, like we said with Eru last week. Not a bad player by any means, but the fit was obviously questionable. It remains to be seen how it happens. But I did want to shout out our man Simp. He just put out a nice video on Sportscaster and YouTube, Coach's Corner, um, how Julius Randle would fit in from his like estimations and Tibbs' offense. And he made a good point um, generally. I don't want to steal his thunder. Go check out that video. It's amazing detail, great breakdown. Um, but he was saying, like, you know, Tib- like Tibbs could possibly use Randle in the high post. And Randall, like, say what you will. I mean, we just clowned him a couple seconds ago about the <laughs> spinning in the lane and shit. But, you know, he gets ahead of steam, especially from the high post, you know, and his handle gets tight, tighter. He, he's a force to be reckoned with, you know. Um, so I think we'll see if he's on the roster, you know. I wouldn't be mad at it. I just hope that he's not starting. Like, I just hope that he's, like I said with Iru last week, <laughs> I think hope he's like a super six man off the bench. I think you know? you're the first guy <laughs> as a Knicks fan who put the words Julius Randle and forced me to reckon with together like that. <laughs> Besides Fizdo. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, Fizdo probably said that every night before he went to sleep with his wife. Like, watch out, honey. Randle, forced to be reckoned with. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, to go off the whole Tibbs, 
comments about Randall. He did also say something interesting about both Dennis Smith and Frank, two, our two young point guard prospects as of now. He said it's going to be a very important offseason for both of them. Um, what do you th- what do you take away from yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, is it just more vague coach speak, or is, is there something to that? Something deeper to that? I mean, I don't know if there's something deep to. I think it's I think it's obvious that it's an important offseason for them because I I think it's pretty clear that the Knicks are looking for a possible point guard to draft as their point guard of the future, and I think both Frank and Dennis should be aware that they're both probably not going to be on the same team in in two years in two years time. They'll both, well, they'll both probably be on different teams, whether one's on the Knicks or they're both not on the Knicks anymore. And I think what he was just saying was, was kind of obvious, and um, I don't think there's any deeper meaning to it. I think if it up, if he's able to up Dennis Smith Jr.'s value, he might be someone who's mm-hmm. traded. Right now he shouldn't be traded because his value is at its absolute lowest. It doesn't make sense to yeah. trade Dennis right now. He's a high he's a high potential player, could possibly be a high-caliber point guard at least as a six-man position, and I think Tibbs you know, has work cut out for him to rebuild up his confidence. And when when it comes to work confidence, you know, Frank is never really connected to it unless we're talking about him having low confidence or him finally increasing it. But Frank, we know, could be very productive when, he, when he's feeling his shot, when he's ready to just pull up and take that jumper, even if it's not an efficient shot. I think both these players are lacking confidence a lot. And I think it's Tibbs really just has work cut out for him. I don't. I wouldn't take it too deep. Uh, meaning wise, pause. Um, and uh, <laughs> shout out to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. That that that's that's really all there is to to Dennis and uh, Frank. Um, yeah. I didn't mean to indicate that it's like some nefarious sinister with the deeper. I'm just kind of playing into like with the news coming out about a lot of the point guards we met with. Like just the list in the last week has just been Halliburton, Theo Maladon. Killian Hayes, Kira Lewis, R.J. Hampton, Tyrell Terry. And then we, you know, this comment comes out that it's a very important offseason for both Frank and DSJ. So if I put my conspiracy theorist hat on, like, this could just be like, we'll see who looks better in training camp because, you know, we bring another young point guard in. That's three young point guards. And I know there's a, a segment of folks that, like, have already given up on Frank as a point guard. I'm partially there. Um, I don't want him to completely not play that position. I think he's going to be, like, at his best form, I think Frank could be like a nice Swiss Army knife that could play one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give up on him even having some point guard skills because it'll play off in the wrong in the long run if he gets to you know play in that position. But I think just we might find ourselves in a situation where we we'll just have like an overload of point guards, like similar to last year. And I think they want to avoid that, kind of have a clear hierarchy. So it might just be me reading too much into what Tib's saying, but it could also just be like, hey, we'll see who how they work the season who makes the clearest progress and yeah both their values might be like at their lowest right now but it's also like you got to look at it logistically if we draft a point guard like despite the fact that their values are low you know we got a bird in hand with a young point guard you could you know be willing to move either frank or dsj so that's kind of what i had in mind you know not to say that like you know tibbs is just like the fucking uh, phil- philosophical going Kyrie on us, what he said about DSJ <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, Frank. But, yeah, I mean, I did mention the names. So, I'll, you know, the draft guys we kind of interviewed with lately. Anything ca- catch your eye about any of those headlines and interviews? No, I think they're at this point we're just seeing a team or an organization that's doing their homework, which is nice to see. They're trying to draft. They're trying to, you know, get a feel of all the top point guards on the draft. The, the guys that you mentioned – 
they could go anywhere from five to thirty at this point. You know, Tio Mal was a Maladon could go. Yeah, uh, could be our twenty seventh pick. Killian Hayes could be our eighth pick possibly. But if he is our eighth pick, that would be a steal. This man is expected yeah. to go out in the top five. So really, it's just it's just a case of a team or organization that's doing their homework right now, and they're trying to gauge on the best potential point guard. And they're a team that might be looking to make some some trades, maybe move up from twenty seven to fifteen and look for a Kira Lewis type of player, or try to bag eight and twenty seven, move up to five and get Killian Hayes if they love the kid. Um, I see that as a possibility. I think I think Detroit being a pick before the Knicks is always going to be problematic because they also need a point guard. Um, I don't know if they're I don't know what their cap flexibility or their pick flexibility or their their you know assets are, but I think the Knicks have more or better assets than than Detroit does right now. At least when it comes to oh, picks, yeah, Detroit's like a fucking wasteland. Yeah, I mean not to go not that I'm like an expert on them, but it just seems like that way. Yeah, for sure. Asset wise, and all um, and yeah, I think I think they might try and move up to six or five and try and nab Ke- uh, Killian Hayes if it comes down to it, but that's. Yeah, you know, that's where I stand right now. I think as the, as the weeks go by, the draft is November eighteenth. We're gonna start getting heavy into the NBA draft. I know some of our fellow podcasters have really been getting into it. Check out those episodes if you're looking for a more in depth analysis on some of these players. I know, you know, Nick's Film School is doing an excellent job. Strickland is Pod doing Strickland. Pod Strickland yeah. is doing an excellent job with breaking out specifically for these players that we mentioned. Um, but obviously, Nickish will start to do that as well as we as it, as the weeks get closer. We're still about six weeks away from the draft, so at this point, yeah, anything I just want to say right now that at this point in the game, like I think Hayes is my guy. Like going into this draft, every year I kind of like latch onto a prospect, do my own kind of independent research, scout their game. You know what I mean? I think Hayes is the guy for me this year. Like preliminary, obviously, like you said, six weeks left. But I think if we come somehow, you know, come out like of the draft with him because I know the cost to trade up for LaMelo is going to be greater than trading up for Killian Hayes. Yeah. I'd rather that alternative, you know, and Hayes, you know, he's got that French connection with Frank. Um, RJ is fluent in French. <laughs> you know, we got a little, like a French, like three musketeer shit going on. <laughs> I fuck with that. You know, we have that going. Um, and what I wanted to kind of bring up is, it's like interesting, interesting enough, like all these point guards we listed conspicuously Cole Anthony on that list. You know, and I think this could just be like, then really digging into these other point guards and we haven't heard anything about really Cole lately. That's an indication that remember when Bagley I was listening to our own Lotto episode recently, a couple weeks back. Bagley at that time was just like, Oh, the old Knicks front office before Leon took over was infatuated with Cole. They did a lot of homework on him. Yeah. And so he was just like, It'll be interesting to see if that carries over. I think this is an indication that that infatuation with Cole is not carrying over, you know? But then we also have World Wide West and Leon running shit, so they could just be smokescreen all this. Like, they cannot give a fuck about any of these point guards, you know? But I doubt that, you know? I think it's legitimately Cole's not a possibility dead eight. I think it's going to be, like, one of these guys, you know? Um, So we get any of them, you know? I don't know if I'd be happy with Halliburton. I don't know. I actually saw a report um, that a lot of of the Knicks front office are are concerned about his slim like body mm. and that he mm. might not be able to drive in obviously a shot form percentage wise is good but uh, from from a bird's eye not bird's eye view but from an eye test the shot form just doesn't, just doesn't look good and it's something that might you know hurt him in the future when he's it, it could hurt him mentally think like when you have the yeah when you have the Knicks media on you and they start breaking down your shot that might get into a player's head as we've seen For it sure. done to a number of players in the past 
that might be a concern. But yeah, I'm not too crazy about Tyrese Halliburton. I think on paper he's good, but his his figure's too slim right now for pos- for Tom Thibodeau's game where he might not be able to drive in as much. So yeah, and I mean all props to Halliburton just because he he does seem like such a heady player, high IQ, um, for sure. makes the right passes. Um, a workable shot. I think his percentages were good, but don't quote me on that. No, they it's were. Just like the age. They were good. You know, the skinny frame, mm-hmm. just like the lack of just like dribble penetration. I think that kind of puts him not in the frame category, but it's just like, yo, if we're going to come out with a point guard, let's make sure it's a point guard that you could trust to like really create on his own like that. You know, Halliburton showed in college. I quoted previously in a couple episodes back that his usage rate in college was like 12% or something like that. So it's not like he's a dominant on ball guy. He's just more like a connector, you know. Um, the past, at least the other past, even though his assist numbers were nice as well. Um, so he's a quick hit passer. But if we're going to go with, like, a skinny point guard, I'd rather Kira Lewis. You know, I know a, a man, Sim, is, like, big on him. I did, uh, did more kind of independent research on him, and I, I, I like what I see. You know, he's a skinny kid. He's, like, 165 in college, but he's younger than Halliburton. So I think the upside is greater there. He's quicker. He has more of a dribble penetration game. So, I, you know... To me, watching him play it could just be the hair, but he seemed like a like a like a a lesser version of De'Aaron Fox, which I've seen as a comparison before, and I was kind of skeptical about until I watched it. I'm just like, okay, this is Killian. Ha- I see this it. Killian Hayes. No, 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 Kira Lewis. Okay, I was, I was yeah, about yeah. to say, yeah. Killian. Nah, Killian Hayes. I, that's my top point guard from what I want to like. Aside from Lamelo, I think he's out of the question, not out of the picture. But I like Kira Lewis. Um, R.J. Hampton, Hampton rather is interesting. I really do think he's an interesting, like, he's like, we're in the lottery, but he's like the lotto ticket of the lottery. Like, you could hit on him, and he could really be a boon for your franchise, but I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's risky, and I don't, I don't definitely not at eight, but if, you know, if he's there in in 27, which I also probably doubt, but if he's, like, kind of there in, like, the, the late teens area, and we don't get a point guard at eight, you know, or we don't trade up for Killian Hayes, Fucking why not get a get, let's get an RJ squared situation going. Uh, on I'd absolutely you know? take RJ Hampton at twenty seven because this the, he was slotted for a top five pick just last year, and mm-hmm, he went mm-hmm. to an Australian team that was going for well, that was a title contending team. So obviously his mid distribution wasn't as well as it could have been on a different team. So I think his frame wise and his you know potential wise, it's a lot like Killian Hayes possibly. Um, I, I, I think. I think athletically, he's got killing his beat. Archie's an athletic mm-hmm. kind of like beast. I think he's the most explosive point guard in the draft. Yeah. And the thing about him is he's 6'5". Like, they're both similar dimensions. I think Hayes is a thicker boy. He's a, he's a thick one. He's like 217 already. <laughs> he's like a 19-year-old. So, I don't know what the fuck they've been feeding him in France. In France. But, like, Hampton is, like, right there with them. Like, in terms of frame, in terms mm-hmm. of wingspan, the dimensions, um, his tools. He's probably the most toolsy, like, uh, point guard in the draft. I think in terms of, like, attributes, like, athletically, explosiveness and all that. And the jumper is a question, but you see some clips of him. He's working on it. Yeah. And, you know, if – remember how – I saw somebody make a point. I I'm sorry, I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody kind of quote how, like, RJ Hampton might be like, not to the extent, but he might be the Donovan Mitchell of the draft, where it's just like, he goes late lotto, they're not really expecting like much of him, but he has all the tools, and then when he be, when he blows up as a player, people are all just going to be like, oh, how, how'd he fall, you know, he had all the tools were there, you know what I mean, so he's like that kind of guy, um, it's obviously a different situation, Donovan Mitchell played in Louisville, a uh, big, big time college ball program, spent two years there, already spent a year overseas, and a 
say what you will, I don't know about the Australian league, but it's, it's not one of the top leagues, I think. You know, yeah. you've got the Euro League, you've got these, uh, league. the Serbian League. Yeah. Weapon? The Spanish League. Yeah, Spain, league. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, that comparison isn't one to one, but it's like kind of the same situation, yeah. you know? And I think if we're going to trust our player development, you know, we keep going back to Johnny Bryan and all the list of names we brought in, Hampton might be a good test case to see what they can get out of him. You yeah. know? Like, I think he'd be an absolute steal at 27 at this rate. I'm just doubtful he gets there. I, if I we're talking it, about yeah. this couple of couple of you know schmucks like mm-hmm. us talking about his upside here, you definitely know the front offices are like, yo, what the fuck? This kid could jump out the gym. Yeah. He's athletic. He's working on his jumper. He's a combo guard. Why the fuck is he not a lotto pick? Especially in a quote unquote weak draft. Mm-hmm. I think if there's one guy that like you know how every year in the draft somebody goes, they're just like, what the fuck? Like no reports had him going there. Like I think it'll be RJ. Like and I, I just like I just hope it's not us. You know I like I wouldn't be mad we come out of the draft with them but i also want leon and the front office to um understand the idea of value like don't take rj at eight rj hampton hampton don't take him at eight but just rather kind of you know play the odds and make smart moves to get him if you do like him like that so yeah i think he's gonna be the guy that just kind of shocks people how high he goes you know but that's just me as a non-expert saying this Mm -hmm. you know yeah i'm actually surprised his name's not being brought up as much Again, because last year he was mentioned as a potential lottery pick, at least top five pick. So it's surprising to see that a whole year later after he played professionally in Australia that that number dropped so much or his name just fell off that much. But I know we've seen reports that the Knicks have been looking into him. I I believe you mentioned he had an interview with the Knicks. Um, Yeah. So they're definitely keeping an eye on him. Yeah, I mean, my my thing is just like we. I hope it leaks who Walt Perrin's guy is. Like, it probably won't leak before the draft, but afterwards, you know. I just hope maybe it does leak before the draft. I just want to know who what Walt Perrin thinks, because like from all intents and purposes, he he's a guy that uh, honed in on Don Donovan Mitchell in Utah. So, right, we'll see where that goes. All right, yeah, I think we're we're just about to wrap up this episode of the Nickish Show. We appreciate you guys listening. Uh, make sure, again, you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Nickish Show. Subscribe on Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes. And uh, we got our Wednesday Nickish at Night segment where we have a new guest coming in every week. So make sure you check us out there. Uh, last week we had Iru of the Die Hard Nicks podcast. Make sure to check him out as well on all, on all streaming platforms. And to check out our uh, Nickish cup of coffee every Tuesday and Friday mornings. Um, Again, we appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. Have a good week. Peace. Peace.